Okay, so let's turn to Luke 17, and let's read from verse 28. The Lord Jesus is the speaker. He says, Likewise, also as it, is, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which is upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. <clears throat> Excuse me. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Let's pray again. Father, Inscribe your word in our hearts and print it on our minds. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for so many you've brought here today, again this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the, the willingness of their heart to be obedient unto thy calling and drawing. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that together, oh Lord, that we are the body of Christ, this expression of your body here in Guilford. And we ask you, Lord, that wherever we are in our homes, that you would help us to be thus, there also, the same. Father, bless thy word unto our hearts, and glorify thy name. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. <clears throat> I may need two mornings at this. We'll see how things go. But we want to speak on a title, Keep Going and Don't Look Back. Now, when we were in this chapter we could talk about prophecy and it's not about prophecy so we're not looking at that but the Lord Jesus is warning of a time what the world would be like what the society would be like and when we look at it here it's talking about Sodom and the Lord raining fire and brimstone down in Sodom now we know um, that when people mention Sodom especially in biblical terms we also always think of homosexuality and uh, and lesbianism or LGBT and so on. But listen, Sodom was more than that. Sodom was just a cesspit for heterosexuals too. Simple, it was just a, a cesspit of sin. So uh, even though sodomy, sodomite and all that sort of term comes from this, we're not labeling this this morning to aim it toward people who are, who are uh, from an LGBT background, although they are part of it, but also the heterosexuals who are living licentiously a lifestyle that, uh, that the Lord is against too. So let's keep that in mind this morning. So what we're looking at is Sodom is a type of the world that you and I are living in this very day. Now you and I can't deny that, that whenever we look at our news or newspapers or we look around us, even those who thought good now, it's evil. And evil now has become good. And it's no longer things that are hidden. I'm talking about even, I'm talking about all sorts of sin. Remember that. It's no longer that they're hidden or there's any shame. There's no respect anymore. And all of that now is in your face. And those of us who are willing and wanting to press on in God and to live according to his word to the best of our abilities, living in his grace. We're the ones who are now become those who are downtrodden, the bigot. We're the ones who everyone hates because, you see, you're flying, as it were, in the face of their sin. And because of that, then they turn on you 
and they hate you. Now, we have so many things we want to go through the next morning or two. And especially, I could say, look, this, uh, especially at the moment, is for the young convert, those who have been saved within the last year or two. I could say that, but I, I, I don't want to say it because there's people who have been living and uh, 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 professing Christ for years and, and, and haven't moved any further too. So this morning to all of us, the word is keep going and don't look back. Look at verse 32. The Lord Jesus tells us of the day of Sodom, what it was like, how they were living. And then he says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Now the society is found in verse 28. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat and they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. In other words, the idea was they were getting on with worldly issues, worldly matters, sinful issues and sinful matters. And the society had went down the drain, as it were, in Sodom. And so we see that in Ulster this morning. We see that in the UK and Ireland this morning. We see it around the world. Um, It's undeniable, the state that it's in. The only thing that's going to rescue the United Kingdom... Ireland, America, you know, the world. You know, the only thing that's going to rescue it, to change it, is the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming again. But while you and I are on the earth, we have the word to give the people that will change them. So this morning, the word to you is keep going. That is, keep going on with God and don't look back. Remember Lot's wife, Jesus says, so what about remember Lot's wife? In Genesis chapter 19, let's turn to it, please. I want to take my time on this because I want you to get it. It's very, very simple thoughts, but it's simply profound. Genesis 19, we're told of Lot who is living in Sodom. Uh, Read the chapter when you go home. We really do not have time to read it. The Lord sends angels to Sodom. Abraham apprehends one who is a theophany, an angelic appearance, as it were, a a visible appearance of the invisible God of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's with Abraham at the tent door. The other two angels go to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's saying, Lord, if you find 50 righteous, will you spare it? He goes right the whole way down and they can't go past the number five or ten. Now surely if there's you and I are righteous in Christ, surely we could cry unto God and we could preach the word of God and if the Lord sees us righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ, then our nation could be spared. Our nation could be spared from wrath. Notice this, what it says in Genesis 19. The, the, the two angels that went in, Lot had brought them into his house the, the people came wanting to know. The word know is in a sense where a man knows his wife. Wanted to know these two men, these messengers from God. Now I notice this in Genesis 19 and verse 28. Pardon me, 24. I'm way ahead of myself. 24. Says, then the Lord rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. 
And he overthrew those cities and all the plain. Notice the cities and all the plain, the area around them, and all the inhabitants of the cities, and that which grew upon the ground. But his wife, that is Lot's wife, he's taken Lot and his wife out. And their children. Now notice. But his wife looked back from behind him, from behind Lot. And she became a pillar of salt. Notice Lot's wife seems here to be starting to lag behind as they're bringing them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. She starts lagging behind and looking back. You see, she was in complete disobedience to the word of God. Now, Christian, listen, I'm saying this to help, not to hinder. I'm saying it in love, not in condemnation. The longer and the more you look back at this world, the more chance you have to being turned to the pillar of salt. I'm going to explain it in a minute. His wife looked back from behind him. She became a pillar of salt. She was not only in disobedience to the heavenly call, come out, but she was in direct violation of what they were told to do. In Genesis 19 and verse 17, just beforehand, the angel says, escape for thy life. There's situations we find ourselves in and you should escape like Joseph ran from Potiphar's wife when she had tried to molest him and cried rape when he wouldn't. See, he escaped for his life. There's some people you just got to get away from. They are dangerous for you. Escape for thy life. Look not behind thee. Notice, look not behind thee. Neither stay thou in the plain. Don't even stay around the outside of the city. Don't mess about with it. Escape to the mountain, lest thou be consumed. Now, some commentators think in the Hebrew rendering here, that she lingered behind due to her hankering after Sodom and its worldliness. So she hankered not only after Sodom and its worldliness, but the lusts that she had in her heart for Sodom. She knew they weren't up that mountain, but they were down in Sodom. And the thing is, especially when you're a new convert, but later on we'll look at, God willing, at nostalgia. Nostalgia for an older Christian can be a detriment to your witness. And this woman's heart was not turned toward God, but rather she was taken out and her heart lay in Sodom. Now see when a man and a woman are truly saved, born again of the Spirit. That man and woman are not perfect. But their heart is toward God. Their heart is not toward Sodom or the world. Their heart is not filled with Sodom and the world because, listen, when the Holy Ghost comes into a man and woman at conversion, the devil goes out. Now, temptations can take us. Even Lot living among it. You know, Peter calls him a righteous Lot. Imagine that. You know why? Because he was one of God's elect. Living in that. 
Notice this. The woman lingers and looks at the word. Listen to Morris's commentary on this. The word looked back has the connotation of looking intently. It might possibly be rendered lagging back, listen, or even returned back. So really, the, in, the, in the rendering, some commentators think she started lagging back from her husband as they were being brought out with the angels, these messengers from God. She starts lagging, which means she starts backing off away from godly influence. Do you hear that, Christian? He's with me. Starts backing off from godly influence. And so that which is filling her hearts is, let's turn around and have a little look at where I came from. And when she turns around, she keeps looking. And this distance between her and her husband gets greater. And her heart is turned towards Sodom. Some even think she walked back toward it. And that's how she was turned to a pillar of salt. In other words, she was incinerated. When we let that godly influence, listen, when we let that church attendance, when we don't get out to our prayer meetings, we don't get out to our Bible studies where we used to and what things we used to do. And listen, we're looking, we're in January 2019. Do you know, do you know where the word January comes from? The Roman god Janus. Do you know what Janus looked like? It was a figure with two faces, one in the back of the head and one at the front, one looking at the back toward December and the old year that was past, and one looking toward the new year. That's why I have old year's night or new year's eve. Which one's which? And some of us are like Janice. We keep looking back at the things that God has brought us from. Become top-heavy to one side or the other. The more you start distancing from Christian company, I'm talking about, I'm talking about Spiritually, Christian company. I'm not talking about religious company. <coughs> spiritual company. The more you distance yourself from it, the closer your heart's getting to Sodom. Keep going, brother. Keep going, sister. And don't look back. The world that is calling you is calling you to look back. The lusts that are calling you are calling you to look back. The desires that were there. Listen, see any man who says that they were in the world and they didn't enjoy it, they're lying. You know why they, you know why they enjoyed it? Because it plied the flesh and killed the spirit. Of course there's pleasure in sin. That's why it's so attractive to the natural man and woman. But the man and the woman in Christ should be Keeping close to company that brings us out of the plain and up into the mountain. I want to go higher in 2019. I want to take me higher up the mountain into fellowship with thee. That's where I want to go 2019, brother, sister. That's where I want CET to go in 2019. And there are many things that will cause us to hinder us to look back. Once you look back, your company of godliness is starting to, it keeps going on. 
Notice Sodom and the plain. We're told, get out and get away from it all up the mountain. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. The word of Sodom, its lusts and its sinfulness, its carnality. We must leave it behind. Don't even, look, there's people that say they'll get saved and then they want to linger around the plain outside the city. Isn't that true? Want to linger and they live that sort of carnal worldliness, yet claiming they're on their way up the mountain. But they linger around the plain of Sodom and Gomorrah. You may not be right in Sodom, but if your heart is in Sodom, then your heart is not for Christ. Then the angel told them to get away completely, neither stay thou in the plain. You see, you can't mess about with the things of God, and neither should you mess about with the things of the world. Brother, sister, burn your bridges. Burn your bridges. Some Christians go around with their spiritual belt and their spiritual braces on just in case one of the other breaks just in case and I can always go back to where I was go back to what I knew and that's what Peter thought and he said when he was to meet the Lord Jesus when the risen Christ was to meet them at the Sea of Galilee and just because they thought he wasn't turning up I go a fishing he said I'm going back to what I knew I'm going back to the old life I'm going back to the old world I'm going back to the old work And you know what? He fished all night. That which he thought he knew best. And he caught nothing. You know what that tells me? There's nothing out there for the believer. There's nothing for you to turn back to. There's nothing in the world that calls you. There's nothing in that Sodom or this society. Listen, I was talking to somebody during the week and all their heart was, you know what, I wish he would just come. I want to go home. During the summer, I was listening to testimonies of the ladies from the ladies meeting. I got them all together. Not the ladies, the testimonies. And (laughs) that had been some meeting, wasn't it? And I sat and listened to them one day on a sunny day with a set of headphones in and listened to them. All of you. And to see where God has brought some women from, from different backgrounds, different lifestyles. And now they love Christ. To what would you go back to? Peter says, Lord, to whom else would we go? Thy hostile words of eternal life. Ruth Boyd said once in her testimony of her late husband, Dennis, that this world, he really didn't want to be in it anymore because of the way it had been with its sin. 
in the society that it was. I'm not putting it word for word, but it was something along those lines, Ruth. And that really struck a chord with me because I, I understand that. I understand that because the more I'm, the, the more I'm living in this world, the more I see that this world system is not my home. The more I see the church brackets, so-called, the more I realize this is not Christ's church. Can't be. That struck a, a chord with me when I heard that Ruth said in her testimony. I remembered it from the summer because I felt the same. Don't look back because there's nothing to go back to. And we get this thing that, this calling of backwards that, that, you know, well, maybe we had the good old times with the mates and the friends. And listen, and you did. So did I. But we'll look at that when it gets nostalgia because that's where the danger comes in. You see, if you're saved, then leave the world behind you. It's like when Elijah said with the prophets of Baal when they were jumping up and down and cutting themselves and crying on to the, their, their false gods and uh, their crying for the Lord, for their God to come and, and set a fire their altar. And, uh, and obviously he didn't. And he calls upon the name of the Lord, repairs the altar, sets on the sacrifice, and the Lord comes down and burns the whole lot up. You know what he says? If the Lord be God, then serve. Listen, if, if the devil's your God, then serve him with all your heart. If the God Lord isn't, then. But at the end of it, no, there's a lake of fire. Remember Lot's wife, the Lord Jesus says. Will you turn with me to Colossians chapter 2, please? Colossians chapter 2. And let your eye run down to verse 20. Colossians 2 and 20. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ. In other words, you and I died when we get saved. Christ lives in us. Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world. They don't have any more calling on you. Why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Now here's the religious systems of the world. Touch not. Just once, Lord. Eh? I'll go just once. I'll go just and I'll sit in the bar and, and have a laugh with the friends and drink an orange juice and tell them about Jesus. Tell them about it when they get outside it. Go and rob their door and sit in their house before they go. How about that? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things have indeed a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. Here's your worldly plane of Sodom, a religious spirit and a worldly spirit, a religious plane and a religious city of Sodom. Chapter 3, verse 1. 
If ye then be risen with Christ, if you're Christ. But what he's saying is he's writing to the church in the presumption that it's not if you are or if you're not. He says, and since you are, since you are Christ, seek those things which are above. What things are above? Christ has risen into glory, hasn't he? Seek Christ and everything else will fall into its place. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things in the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Notice, we're going up the mountain. Did you see that? End of chapter 2, where are we? We're Sodom, we're Gomorrah, we're in the plains of religion. The cities of of sin and lustfulness and, and all the things that we were all once found in. And now we've moved out many into the plain of religion and they think it's salvation and it is not. And he says, now keep going. Don't look back and walk up the mountain. Look up, he says. Chapter 3, you're walking up the mountain. Then he says in verse 5, mortify, kill, eh? Put to death. Mortify therefore your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake of for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience? In the which ye also walk some time, when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. I know some Christians and they still have a filthy mouth. I used to have a filthy mouth. I used to have a filthy mouth. But when I got saved, the filthy mouth stopped. And I didn't even have to try. You know why it stopped? Because Christ came in. You're the same brother, aren't you? Sister? Brothers and sisters, despite your, their fruits shall you know them. And this is how you will know someone who's truly Christ. By their fruit. Verse 6, pardon me, for verse 9. Lie not one to another. Seeing that you've put off the old man. Would you say old man? old man? Would you say it again? Old man. You've put off the old man. You're not the same man. You're not the same woman. You're not the same person. The old man has died. You've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. Would you say new man? New man. Once more. New man. You've put on the new man, the new woman. And I've put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So the more you get to know Jesus, the more you are renewed. You see, here's what happens. People think when we get saved... We'll come to a meeting or two and that's it all over. <laughs> no, no. 
if you have, you have a wee baby, and you have your wee baby, and the first thing the baby's born, and you feed it a day or two and say, all right, now get on yourself there. Make sure you look after yourself, won't you? You'd have social services at your door, wouldn't you? Neither does the baby expect that that's the final product. But it must grow, must eat, it must drink, and it must be cleaned. But there comes a time if it wasn't potty trained, well, there'd be something wrong, wouldn't there? If it wasn't walking, you'd have to take it to have it looked at. Isn't that right? Spiritually, we are the same. We need to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. We need to grow up into the Lord. And I'm, I'm not saying this to be offensive, and I promise you I'm not, but I'm just saying it because it's truth. I'm saying it because I love you. But there's too many babies in the faith. Big hurry back men. I was going to say big hurry back women, so that's better. (laughs) Still needing a bottle. Band of work, give you a good bourbon. You burp them. I definitely don't want to go with a nappy. <laughs> Spiritually, it's true. It's true. What about this year saying, Lord, I'm not looking back. My face is toward you. We're told in Genesis 19, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Now listen, a pillar of salt, hankering for the world will leave you lifeless toward God. I'm going to say it again. Hankering for the world will leave you lifeless toward God. I believe you lifeless toward the Lord Jesus Christ and his kingdom, your service, your calling and work for him. Your heart will become calloused, hard, and you'll become a witness for all the wrong reasons. You, do you know you can become a witness that's for the good, for the kingdom, and a witness that's for the bad? Let me give an example of the pillar. For example, in Genesis 28, we know the story. Jacob uh, lies on a pillow stone. There's a ladder from heaven, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. And it says in Genesis 28 and verse 18, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar. 
P-I-L-L-A-R. A pillow for a pillar. And poured oil upon the top of it. And he called it Bethel. House of God. This is where God came and showed up. What a witness. Any time that that stone is remembered, that's another story we'll talk about another time. Any time where that stone is or remembered, it was, this is the house of God. What a witness. What a pillar. This is the house of God. Another one in 2 Samuel chapter 18. Absalom, David's son. One of his sons. It says in 2 Samuel 18 and verse 18, Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar. So here's Jacob setting up a pillar for God and his glory in his house. Here's Absalom who's going against David, God's anointed. And listen what happens. Absalom loved himself. There was nobody like Absalom. And he had plaited hair with gold weaved through it. Gold sprinkled into it and weaved through it. And he's out fighting and he's being chased and he goes under trees and his hair, that which he loved so much, finally caught up with him. And he hung between heaven and earth and the boughs of the trees caught up in his hair. And old Joab, David's general, comes with his soldiers and they thrust three darts or spears through his heart. You see, that which you love the most outside of Christ will eventually catch you and it will be to your detriment. Are you getting that? Everybody getting that? Okay. It will be to the detriment of self. Absalom, before he dies, raises up a pillar to himself. To himself. No work of God here. Isn't it amazing that people who do nothing for God are always the ones who want to come and tell you how to do it for God? There's two preachers there. Is that right, brothers? Is that right? They want to tell you how you should preach it. They want to tell you how you should sing. Is that right? You see, at the end of the day, we need to set up our pillar onto the glory of God. (coughs) Jacob sets it up anoints it with oil, a stone, an old stone. He says, but this, I have had such an experience, an encounter with the living God who opened the heavens, showed me a ladder, a stairway. This is the house of God. Absalom says, hmm, I'm going to set up a pillar for myself that everyone will remember Absalom. The most that we can remember about Absalom is one. The only glory he had was he came from the loins of David. And two, that he even turned on his own father. His old pride, his old self, turned on his own father. That's why it hurts you so much when family turn against you because they know every button to push. That's why it hurts you even when if the, someone in the church starts coming against you. 
shouldn't be so. And notice here, it says here, which it says in Second Samuel 18 and 8, he reared up for, up for himself a pillar which is in the king's deal, for he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance, and he called the pillar after his own name. It is called unto this day Absalom's place. I wonder what place that is. I wonder how many people have got caught up, as it were, excuse, pardon the pun, or, the, or sorry, pardon me, the expression, by the hair of their pride. By their gold-spun greediness of building their own kingdom rather than God's. And the enemy has thrust them through with a dart. Because that's what happens. Catches up with you and the devil thrusts the dart. I wonder how many, I wonder what place they find themselves in today. Jacob set up a pillar unto God. Absalom reared up a pillar to himself. Lot's wife looked back. It's the exact same term. Look back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. Notice what the Lord Jesus says in Revelation 3 and verse 12. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Now, uh, we'll not look at it because I'm going to close here and God's willing, I'll do second part next week. We'll look at other areas. Second Chronicles chapter 3 and verse 17 speaks of Solomon's temple and it has two pillars, the great temple in Jerusalem. And Second Chronicles 3 and 17 names these two pillars. They've got names. Jachin and Boaz. And Jachin or Jachin means he will establish. God will establish. And Boaz means in him is strength. So these two great pillars, as you went to the temple, were two of the greatest pillars to hold up the temple. And the Lord Jesus seems to be taking this, the risen Christ, and gives it on to John, the gives of the church, and he says, him, he or she that is, it's, it's him that overcometh. Oh, I'm an overcomer because I'm under the blood and I can live how I like. No, 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 no. Listen. And they overcame him by the blood of a lamb. And they say, oh, you see, you see. Let's finish it. They overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the word of their. They had a pillar set up to God. And they loved not their lives unto the death. That's the overcomer. That's the overcomer. These two pillars are gone in Solomon's temple. Both of them, grand and all as they were, Jachin and Boaz, he will establish and in him his strength are gone. But the ones, the pillars that Jesus will set up, the men and the women in his temple, that is, you and I are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God wants to raise you up, show his strength in you. God wants to establish men and women in his temple. God wants to raise you up to be a man of God. Brother, 
sister. He wants to raise all men up to be men in the house of God. He wants to raise women up to be women in the house of God, mothers in Israel. He wants to raise you up. It doesn't matter your weakness. It's his strength. It doesn't matter what you think you can do. He establishes it. And he who sets you in the temple as a pillar, you'll find it is forever. It is forever. So listen, keep going. Don't look back. Keep going. Don't look back. God willing, next week, we're going to look at nostalgia. I'm even going to look at a bit of... You ever hear the old saying, they're passing the buck? Or they're playing the blame game? Or they're shifting the blame? It's called psychological reflection. That's the name of it. God willing, next week, those who are within looking back may psychologically reflect on you that you are exactly what they're saying you are. <laughs> that they'll say to those who have money, or pardon me, who, they'll say to those who are in a place to deal with money, you know, oh, you're, you're, um, you're a thief, you're a thief, the people like that. You know why? Because it's in their own heart. It's called psychological reflection. Go and look at it next week. You know where it comes from? The book of Genesis. The woman you gave me, she gave it to me. You see, it was his own heart, trying to throw it back to God and throw it to the woman. They say, you know, oh, nobody speaks to me, nobody bothers me, and everybody's wrong, and they're the only one that's right. It's called psychological reflection. They reflect it from themselves on the people. You know why? Because that's who they are. God willing, I'll look at it briefly next week. Nostalgia, looking back at things with a heart that deceives you. So don't look back. Just you keep going on with God. No matter what the sound is, no matter what the calling is, no matter what the drawing is, don't you look back to Sodom, nor the world. 